welcome to the Gleaner Podcast for Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. I'm Chantal Hortop, Managing Editor for the Gleaner and host for this season of the podcast. It seems like we'd only just begun this inaugural season of the Gleaner Podcast, but we have already reached our final episode. We're just on the cusp of March, but I don't think it's too early to start getting into the St. Patrick's Day mood, and today's interview will almost certainly do that. The Gleaner's Callan Forrester speaks to Patricia McGeehan-Martin, and Kathleen Hackett-Mueller about all things Irish in the Chattagay Valley, with a focus on the Irish Music Afternoon coming up on March 16th. Happy listening! Thank you both so much for being here with me today. It's so great to have you on this podcast. I was wondering if you could both start by maybe just introducing yourselves, talking a little bit about who you are and your connection to the Irish heritage here in the Valley. Pat, maybe we can start with you? Age before beauty, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My name is uh, Patricia McGeehan-Martin. And um, I fell in love with Ireland. I uh, have Irish heritage um, on the Canadian side and my American side. And uh, I dug into my history more after I went to Ireland. It's a wonderful country. I'd recommend anybody to go. And it's surprising how much has come down through the ancestors, how much of the traditions and the stories. And you always knew that you were Irish. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, Kathleen, if you want to introduce yourself too. I'm Kathleen Hackett Mueller. My father is from Ireland. My mother is of um, all Irish ancestry from the Valley. Deneen's, Cosgroves, McDonough's, I can go on and on and on. And if you are to ask me who was more Irish, it was my mother. <laughs> it was my mother and my grandmother. And I have pictures of us at the concert. And there was my grandmother in the kitchen, my mother up making us sing and dance on the stage. It is a very much a family tradition. And here would be my poor old father at the back, sweating bullets, waiting for it to be over because he couldn't handle the anxiety of his kids up on the stage singing. But my mother was a, a force and she was part of the Irish society. But even long before that, it, it had it's been in the Valley for uh, Pat, correct me if I'm wrong. We did the history over 50, 60 years. It's been celebrated that long. Now there have been uh, times when it was stopped for certain reasons, like the pandemic or um, transitioning from a school that was like St. Joseph's elementary school used to be in charge of running it. And then it closed. And then we, we took it up as a society and then something happened. And then Poor Bobby Biggie uh, died and then he was running it. And then somebody says, well, we can't let it go now. So yes, it's an ongoing volunteer and it's never a problem to get people to help. People love this. They love mm-hmm. it. And this is the Irish evening you're talking about, right? Well, we've changed it to an afternoon this year because we realized that a lot of our clientele are in their 90s and they were driving on the icy roads last year. And we said, okay, let's make it an afternoon So we have had it in the afternoon before, but we're doing it again this year. Very nice. And can you tell me a little bit about what's what people can expect this year from this event and when it's happening, all of that? Pat's going to sing. Pat (laughs) has a, she has a beautiful voice. She's one of our star attractions. We will be getting Irish dancers from the Ormstown area. There's a school of dance, I believe out of CVR. We will have, um, singers from previous years. Uh, We're always looking for new talent. We sort of make our phone calls and see who's available. We get a lot of fiddlers and it's it's about two or three or four hours long, (laughs) depending on, it's never shorter than three hours. We cannot stop people. They love it. 
they wanted to go on and on, but yeah. It's Diane Carson and uh, Kathleen that are putting it together. And uh, it started out, as she said, kind of in memory of Bob McGee, who, I mean, if he was alive, he could talk all hours oh. about the Irish history in the Valley. He was just uh, the, at the Historical Society, which I belong to. He has so many books and so many references. He was just a, a wealth of knowledge about Ireland and Irish in the Valley. And it's a time for everybody to pull out their Irish roots. Anybody that's got any inkling of Irish in them, they pull it out. And what's really nice about St. Patrick's Day is you don't have to be Irish. Anybody can be Irish for that one. Very nice. And when is the event actually happening this year? Is it on St. Patrick's Day itself? We chose Saturday, uh, March 16th at 1.30, just because usually the parade is held on a Sunday. Okay, great. And can anyone just show up? Do you have to buy tickets? What's the protocol there? It's $10 at the door. People who uh, sing do not pay. And if we make enough money, we donate it to organizations um, in this area. Last year, we, we gave out over $700 to different organizations. We keep enough in the pot so that we have enough for the rent for the next year and for music or whatnot we need. So there's we always keep some back uh, just to make sure that we don't uh, lose because you never know what the weather's going to be like. But last year, it was really nice to see. Uh, we had such a great turnout. And and it's nice. We want to give back to the community. That's what it's about. And it's at the Huntington Legion. Great. I'd love it if you could share a little bit about what you think the importance is of celebrating Irish heritage and keeping up these traditions in the Valley. Pat, you go first. Well, as I say, um, you know, my ancestors came from Ireland, uh, my, on my grandmother's, my mother's side, uh, some in 1830 and some in 1832. And even though, like, these were my grandparents, great, great grandparents, you know, it was always passed down. You always knew you were Irish. And, you know, so many Irish have moved out of the valley. But it's so important to keep your roots. And, you know, the Irish have always, especially over in Ireland, are always very mindful of the ancestors of the people that came before. And uh, I wrote an article for the Gleaner and also for the Historical Society. And uh, one of the Irish sayings is, you know, um, a person dies three times. First, when the body stops, the second, when they're interred in the ground, and the third is when their name is spoken for the last time. So that's why I think it's so important to remember our ancestors. And with that in mind, um, I uh, discovered that uh, ancestors were buried in an abandoned cemetery uh, midway between Dewittville and Ormstown. And it's surprising the names of some of the people that were buried there that, you know, are still around. Kavanaugh's, uh, Cosgrove's, Donnelly's, Feeney's, Finn, Kieran, McCaffrey, McGowan. Um, and I don't think people realize that these people are buried there and there's a sign now on the back of the monument with all those names and I think it's important to remember the people that came before us and what a hard time they would have had coming here in you know 1830 or even before 1820 1825 you know to break the soil to because you know the Irish Ridge was mostly Irish people and like I say all you know there there are still some Irish around but so many have left and I think it's important that the ties to the community. So that was my, my feeling. And um, like I said, my mother was the driving force. My father 
was from Ireland. So of course he was Irish, right? But making the trip back to Ireland and seeing the culture, the the accent, which I just love, and the merriment and the welcome. I think that's what most people take back from when they've been to Ireland is they can't believe how friendly the people are. And I know that I wanted my children to experience the same thing uh, I had growing up. So of course, <clears throat> I made them get up on stage and I made them dance and I made them sing and I made them play the piano. And if you don't do this with the children, they don't pass it on. Now, my children love to celebrate St. Patrick's Day in their own ways, but they're very proud. Of course, we have Swiss in our family as well, but they really love the Irish part. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a tradition that if you don't keep it going, it, that's why we try to, um, we're trying to get younger entertainers in and young people to come and, and enjoy this. The old people, they love it. They love the music. That's really special that you've been able to keep it going for generations and like keep that up in your family because yeah, like you said, it's so important that we remember where we came from. I'd love to know how long you've both been involved with these sorts of activities. It seems like it's been a while for both of you based on what you're saying. I'd love to know why you kind of decided to start volunteering with this. I'll let you go first, Pat. <laughs> H before beauty. Um, <laughs> I love to sing. And um uh... I really fell in love with Irish music. And uh, in the past, you know, there's different types of songs. And I've mostly sang the kind of sad songs because G.K. Chesterton said uh, that God made the Irish mad when all their wars are happy and all their songs are sad. So I would always sing like songs that were yearning for Ireland. and But this year I'm going to do some silly songs because... Uh, Irish people do like to have a lot of fun. And in Ireland, they have a saying, you know, it's all for the crack. And the crack means it's for fun. Sure. So, uh, like I say, this year, I'm going to do some some fun songs for a change. But it's just, like I said, music is an unbelievably deep part of the Irish soul. Uh, music and dancing and um, maybe a wee bit of drinking now and then, too, you know, but uh Music is is the theme that goes through so much. And, the you know, Irish history is filled with a lot of very sad, sad and uh, tragic events. But through it all, you know, they managed to keep their their spirit. And um, it's it's just like I say, there's there's when you have Irish in you, it, it you feel it. So that's why I stayed involved with the the Irish concert. I've been involved since I was in grade one. It was St. Joseph's School. The school um, was in charge of putting on uh, the concert at one time, and they used to have a card party afterwards. And before the school had taken it, it had been another association. They used to put plays on. So over the years, it, it has evolved from plays to concerts to cards, and we no longer play the cards at night. But um, there was always something after the concert. Uh, there was always some kind of sweets and sandwiches. We've had to curtail that a little bit. It costs uh, volunteers. So we have uh, we have coffee, tea afterwards. But since grade one, I've been on that stage almost every year. When Kathleen spoke of previously, uh, my mother, when she was, she was born and raised in Huntington, and she was always involved in the St. Patrick's Day. You know, they had plays. And years ago... Um, I posted on Facebook a picture and, oh, it was just a great, um, what would you say? All the older people were, were getting on and identifying the different people. And it, it was just uh, wonderful memories for all of the older people, most, 
all of those people that were on that stage have passed away. But it was a great, uh, what would you say, exercise for people to name the people, you know, Eileen Feeney and Mary Reno, you know, they, they were all, uh, you know, remember, remember where you came from. Exactly. uh, I think what people um, don't understand is that the Irish music is Celtic and French Canadian music is also Celtic. So the French and the Irish got along fabulously well because their music was so similar. We get a lot of French people that come and listen to our concerts and that's, and our, half our violin players are French. <laughs> so the Irish is, is very, very, it's very similar. And it's like she said, it's upbeat, it's happy. My mother always said, sing a song that you're going to get the people going. So Unfortunately, my mother liked to sing, and I won't, shouldn't be saying it, maybe she liked a few rebel songs just because, <laughs> just because they were upbeat, but we have to be careful now, but still, right. <laughs> we, we, and it was, wasn't my father that taught them to me. It was my mother that taught them to me. Was, and she, I mean, she'd never been to Ireland. She had never been to Ireland. You remember really? that she married an Irishman, but it was from her parents and her grandparents and uh, I still remember my grandmother Helen Cosgrove Deneen and I have a picture of her um, in the kitchen wearing all of her Irish regalia with my mother in the kitchen serving and every year like their their houses were decorated the the shamrocks were up the tablecloths were out and you were proud of it and I think that's the main thing don't forget who you are you're Canadian but don't forget where you came from I'd love to know, you know, clearly you're both very deeply connected and rooted in this community. I'd love to know what specifically makes you feel most connected to your community. It's funny because, uh, as I say, my mother was born and raised in Huntington, but she married an American from Malone and moved to the States and then moved to California. But I always, always felt my roots were here. And I moved back when I was 21 and I've never regretted it. And as I said, I was so blessed to have all four grandparents still alive. But the funny part was grandma, she was uh, a Flynn, but she never talked about her relatives. But we knew we were Irish. And I mean, she celebrated St. Patrick's Day. I mean, it was, you know, it was a big day. And she used to sing that little song, sure, a little bit of heaven fell to earth one day. No wonder that the angels loved it, shamrock for the shore. Tis a little bit of heaven, and I love it more and more. And uh, she'd get me to sing Irish songs, and she had a very Irish personality, you know, just, uh, and that's why I'm very happy to be rooted in the, but I married, um, my husband is from um, Ormstown, and I had no idea till I started doing the research, because when I went to Ireland, they bury people in these old abbeys, and the short story, uh, the woman was in there. They buried her sister. So she was at the graveside. And, you know, we gave her our sympathy. And then she said, um, and where are your people from? I didn't know exactly what they were from. But when I came back, I did all the research. And lo and behold, um, my grandmother's grandmother was a McCaffrey from Ormstown. I had no idea. I had, I had roots there as well as Huntington. So um, I think people should look into their into their ancestry. And Kathleen and I actually are third cousins once removed through the Flynn's. <laughs> There's a Flynn and a McDonough connection there. If you're Irish, you're related to just about everybody in Huntington. <laughs> just about everybody. 
I would never want to leave this area just because of the roots. I love knowing that my best friend is my cousin. And I had her son visit me in my classroom day. And I told him, I said, you know, you know, you're my distant cousin. We are. I said, well, yes. And then I had to explain to him the roots. And um, my husband thought, you know, you're related to everybody. This is crazy. Oh, my Lord. And then he got the bug for ancestry. And now that's all he does is does everybody ancestry. And now he knows everything about everybody on every single road. But he he said, you know, if you hadn't mentioned about your cousins, it, family wasn't as important to him as it was uh, maybe for myself. But now it's like it's ingrained in him who's related to who. And and then you see patterns emerge, you know, about how families were got together and support each other. And in a time of need, we've seen it in Huntington when when somebody needs help, your family and your friends, they're the ones that come to help. And we're very, like, Pat and I are very also involved in the church, and many of our ancestors are buried in that graveyard. So church was a big part of the community, a big part of our family, and that's 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 what makes me who I am. But it's all the people I walk down the street, and I, I, I still know who they are. I like that. Yeah, that's the really special thing about the Valley is that so many people feel connected, right? And we feel like we really know our neighbors and, and our, you know, our neighbors are our cousins and our friends. And that's right. Special. When I go back to Ireland, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. All the cousins, and it's like, oh, it's so nice. It's I'm I'm very lucky that my father came from there because all my cousins are from there, and I have many aunts and uncles. And what a sense of connectivity! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I would love to know if either of you have any specific favorite St. Patrick's Day moments over the years you've been celebrating. Any any standout moments you'd love to share? Oh my gosh. I just have a quick little story because, of course, my mother was out in California when I moved back and uh, I sang at the Irish concert that time when I came back after I married my husband. And uh, anyway, so I called her and, you know, she was wanting to hear all about, you know, how everything went. And I said, oh, mom, I said there was this older gentleman, John Walsh. And, you know, he was he was quite up in years, you know, and he got up and he sang Galway Bay. My mother's laughing and she says, is he still singing that? He sang that for a hundred years, you know? <laughs> so I thought that was so cute how that tradition, you know, he was still, he was still singing the same song after all those years, you know? I thought that was uh, kind of a neat little uh, memory, you know? And as I said, what I said about when I posted the picture on Facebook and it got all these people you know, who were relatives of these people trying to name who was who, you know, and it was, it was just fun, you know, and like I said, all these people have passed away now that were identifying people, but it was, it was really neat. Well, I think um, there's two actually, one was getting up and singing as a school choir for St. Joseph's. I remember the days when we all went and then of course, what do you do with all these kids running around the hall? So they used to put us beside us and they used to play movies for us to keep us, because all we did was run, right? We were kids, but Loved getting up and singing. And I think my my, my most favorite um, memory is the fact that my mother, we have, uh, there were six children in our family. Unfortunately, my older brother, Michael, couldn't carry a note, but the rest of us could sing. And her pride and joy was to see us all getting up there and singing. It, we were called the Hackets. And you had to show up because they were expecting that Hackett family to sing. It was beautiful at Rosetta's. Rosetta's passed away, of course, at her after the funeral, and everyone sang in honor, you know, Irish songs in honor, as the Hackett family had always sung. And it was a beautiful tribute to her. 
Yeah, I wasn't sure how that was going to go. I, I handed out all these pamphlets and I, I didn't know how my brothers and sisters were going to handle it. I said, my mother was a proud Irish woman and Irish people celebrate everything. Let's celebrate her death and let's sing a few songs. And then I felt bad. You know, I, I thought maybe I'm imposing on people. So I, then I collected them up after about three songs and people were saying, we're stopping. We can't. Yeah, it was wonderful. You got to sing. Yeah, and I know that that's a pretty big Irish tradition that, like, at a funeral, there is a lot of joy that's celebrated still, too, right? Like, there is music, and there's remembering the the good along with the the bad, and I think that's something that's not always done here, because obviously death is so sad, and I think that's really beautiful that that in that culture you get to, to have the, the, the joy with it as well, and have those moments of singing, and, and that is really beautiful. There is a wonderful book called My Father's Wake. And Irish, nobody does funerals and wakes like Irish people. Mm-hmm. And um, recently, uh, he was a musician, uh, Shane McGowan passed away of the Pogues. And the funeral mass was amazing. The music, the priest was even a fan of the group. And it was just the most, uh, the most amazing funeral. And I've seen other funerals online. And... Uh, Nobody does funerals or wakes like the Irish. It's just, it, as you say, it's, it's a celebration of the person's life, you know, and that death is part of life and it's a continuum. And uh, if anyone ever has a chance to go or watch a funeral from Ireland, it is amazing. Amazing. The music and just amazing. I'd love to know this year how you're celebrating St. Patrick's Day. I know that you'll be taking part in the afternoon on the 16th. Do you have any other big plans? Wearing as much green as I can. (laughs) We'll be singing Irish uh, songs at church. Uh, Many years ago, I was always in in the choir for many years. And there was a lady, her maiden name was Ola Higgins. And she made sure that on Sunday, the choir sang Irish hymns. I still remember some of them, you know. No, she was, she was, like I say, once you're Irish, you're Irish and some of these older people. Well. One thing we've we've tried to um, encourage is keeping everybody involved. So we actually invited all, used to be all the church ministers would get together and sing. Now we're only down to two. And I thought, well, you know, last year I wasn't sure if I should ask Father Clemma, you know, he's getting up in age. You know, he said, I haven't been asked yet to sing and we're waiting. And the other guy that sings with him, he's not even Irish. He can't wait. To get up and sing Irish songs with Father Clemma. Yes, 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 yes. I forget which country he's from, but it's he, he, he's the minister that. of the church in um, Athelston. And he just can't wait to sing. <laughs> That's great. That sounds so exciting. What a fun, what a fun day. What a fun way to celebrate. And uh, you know what? I think if it wasn't so well enjoyed and looked forward to, we, we wouldn't be having it. It wouldn't be successful. But every year... We try to, like I said, we try to get new people, try to get young people in. And now we're having people coming up and saying, oh, can I, can I volunteer for this next year? Can I, can I help the next generation? That's what we want. We're not going to be here forever, Pat, are we? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's amazing. Those are pretty much all the things I wanted to ask you about, but I'd love to open it up. If there's anything else you want to add or share that I may have missed, please do now. Cause I love hearing about all of this stuff. And I'm sure our listeners are going to have a blast listening to this. If anybody wants to participate, give me a call. Let me know. We're always looking for new talent. And where can people reach you? 
they can call me at my home address, 450-264-9385. Perfect. Pat, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? I would just uh, recommend anybody with Irish heritage to go to Ireland. I fell in love with it. And the feeling that you, like um, Kathleen, her father's from the north of Ireland. And on the American side, my great, great grandfather was from the north, but all the rest were from the south. And uh, the feeling you have when you go there, even though, of course, you're not native born Irish, but the traditions are there and the sayings are there. And the, it's just an unbelievable feeling. It's like you've come home. And I try to go back because often, you know, at least once a year and the feeling you get there and the coincidences that will happen to you over there. I could go on for hours. It's just incredible, unbelievable. And um, I would highly recommend anyone to go. When you go back home to know that this is this is the land of your birth. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it was such a, such a sad thing to know that so many people were forced to leave. Didn't have a choice. No jobs. Potato famine. They all left for a reason. Nobody wants to leave their home, but they had to. But as I say, to go to visit, it's an amazing country. And anyone who has any Irish heritage will feel that. I'm going to say one more thing. The one thing the Irish, we know that they like to do, we know, even though I don't do it, is drink. What they did is when they emigrated, they brought, they brought the idea of the pub all around the world. You cannot go anywhere in the world today and not find an Irish pub. And I just read someplace, I think, in, in the news, whereby that kept the Irish culture alive throughout the world was because the pubs kept the music going and the people. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're lucky enough to uh, get to a pub when they have a trad session, <sighs> the music is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. My yeah. son goes to Montreal. Where do you get a live band on a Saturday night? May Gibbons Pub. And I said, well, Kurt, there's all kinds of pubs. Oh, but mom, that's the one that's the most fun. <laughs> yeah, the most Irish. Well, thank you both again so much for this. Um, this has been so informative and so fun. Um, and I hope you have a million people show up on <laughs> the 16th. Well, thank you for the uh, support of it, you know, and for getting the word out there. We really appreciate that for sure. With so much Irish history and culture here in the Valley, this conversation was just the tip of the iceberg but I hope it has inspired some of you to go and soak up some more on March 16th. If you've stuck with us through this first season of the podcast, the Gleaner team would like to thank you for your support. If you've missed some of the other episodes and would like to check them out, they will continue to be available wherever you listen to this episode. In any case, we're signing off for now, but keep an eye on the Gleaner podcast Facebook page and in your podcast feed for news of any future podcasting endeavors from us. Thanks again for joining us. This podcast is made possible in part by funding from the Government of Canada through the Official Language Community Media Consortium, as well as a grant from the Bourse d'Initiative en Entrepreneuriat Collectif, a call for projects designed to support the creation and development of social economy enterprises and projects across the Montérégie region. Sound editing and sound design for the Gleaner podcast is done by Stacey Pennington. Our theme music is by Christopher Pennington. It is produced by me, Chantal Hortop. Don't forget to subscribe to the Gleaner podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. For more Gleaner content, check out our website at www.the-gleaner.com. I'll also put that link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time.